The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. Normally, this is the time that we do mailbags, uh, but we're going to do something a little bit different uh, today. It's time for us to do the boardroom. This is the last episode really leading up to uh, free agency, potentially. Uh, There's obviously a lot up in the air. Um, but we want to do, uh, you know, kind of a lay out our predictions, lay out what we would do, wait, lay out kind of what our vision is for this roster with all the decisions that they, that we have to make. And we're going to go top to bottom on all this, um, here to help me do that. First, my dear pal just moved into a new house and on the Skype on the Google hangout, it looks phenomenal. Maddie Lane, congrats on the new purchase, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We, we're getting everything set up. It's been a long weekend, as I'm sure everybody knows. Once you move into a new house, the real fun begins of setting up every little thing. And when you move into a much bigger house, it takes a whole lot longer. But that's okay. We're good. I'm living out. Got a little bit of land now. So I kind of get to feel like our other pal, Craig, find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. I get to be the new Renaissance man in training. The Renaissance man in training. I love that. Now, I think we're all getting by this week. I hope you guys all are too. I know there's a lot of tension, a lot of uncertainty with everything out there with, you know, everything running around. We're going to try and shine a little bit of a positive light into your day, give you something to maybe take your mind off of things for a little bit because, yeah, we are too. So uh, we're with you guys. I hope everybody's staying healthy, staying, you know, in their houses right now listening to us yeah this is kind of a weird time for us um obviously it is for everybody this is really our first episode since a lot of this stuff went down uh we kind of recorded ahead on some of the shows last week um we did the draft show on wednesday night so a lot has happened since we've last really recorded or had these conversations um but just you know it's it's not easy for everybody right now um and it's a little bit scary for some people right now too but be kind be safe try to distance yourself socially as much as you can because i i as much as we're learning about this it does really seem to help and you can see all the decisions being made uh by leadership in this country to tell you to do that so um you know let's let's try to help each other let's try to protect the vulnerable in the week out there um, that this could really affect. But let's talk football now because we all need this. We need mm-hmm. to talk football as much as anybody. Um, and we're going to answer some... some Before we get into the kind of the boardroom 
uh, exercise. There was some five star reviews that we wanted to uh, you know answer really quick. First off, shout out to Kansas five two five. Didn't really have a question, but thanks for the review. Uh, Swanson's Buffon asks if a team offered a fifth round pick for Breland Speaks, would you take it? Yes, in a heartbeat. This team does not need Breland Speaks as part of the plan moving forward. Hopefully, you get something out of him moving forward, but I'm, I'm not betting on it getting anything out of him. So I would absolutely take a fifth. That's where he should have been drafted in the first place, but that's another story for another day. I had a fifth-round grade or a fourth-round grade. I didn't like him until day three. DK in Omaha asks, would you take a f- the pick 40 and a 2021 second-round pick from the Cardinals for Chris Jones? That's really tough. That's about the value of pick 27 if you're using the Rich Hill chart. Uh, For example, Frank Clark was about the value of pick 24 for that trade. So it's not that much less than Frank Clark. I would be pushing for a round one offer, but if I don't have a true round one offer, pick 40 is actually not too bad. You can kind of address maybe an interior offensive lineman or a corner in that spot and really kind of come out ahead and get an extra pick. So I I think that's okay, but I'd be pushing for more if I could. Jackson Bartlett asks, would Chase Claypool in the second round be a reach, Maddie? Yeah, I think the second round's still a little early for Claypool. I know he blew up the combine and his kind of athletic web looks a lot like Calvin Johnson, but the tape is nothing similar. I still think you're going to play him probably as a big slot or even moving the tight ends the best way to go. And even then, you just don't have anything to go off of to base him as this round two level tight end or big slot receiver. So it's probably just still a little early. You do get intrigued, though, kind of there towards the end of day two. Uh, the real Todd Rogers asks, asks, who are some round five or later guys at positions of need, linebacker, cornerback, offensive line, wide receiver, uh, that show potential and could fill a need? Um, so let's go wide receiver Joe Reed out of Virginia. He's got some of the LaVisca Chenault vibes that you, you're seeing right now, and, and he might be a really decent little value there if that's the kind of player you're trying to inject into your team. At cornerback, let's go Thakarius Keys from Tulane. Um, long. Uh, pretty physical, willing tackler, good ball skills, uh, probably a zone heavy corner. Uh, okay, Danny, uh, offensive line, let's go Danny Pinter out of Ball State. This is Craig's guy. Um, moves well. Uh, really short arms, I believe. I think he had really tiny dinosaur arms. Former uh, so- tight end that moved to tackle that needs to move back inside. He has to move back inside yeah. he because he couldn't catch arms. a ball over his head. <laughs> And then uh, linebacker, we're going Kayava Tazino out of San Diego State. Uh, and he, uh, Craig, he's just a, a good mover, right? I mean, like that's that's really the thing that intrigues you about him. Yes, good burst, stack and shed on the inside. Didn't get a combine invite. I like him. Okay, Marcus Allen and Lenexa, and Marcus was in uh, parentheses. How much do you think players and coaches pay attention to media criticism, Craig? Well, uh, we found out this year. We found out this year that uh, yeah, we got quite a few players that that pay attention to that media criticism. Some that even climb in your DMs if if you talk about them a little bit too much. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they do pay attention a little bit. It's a situation where they try and ignore it. Patrick Mahomes talked about on the shop this past weekend how he sees some of the praise. He sees some of the criticisms like that stuff does make it through his bubble. But he learned to kind of insulate himself from that to try not to get too high or too low. I think a lot of these guys do a pretty good job of it. There's obviously 
in you know, some cases, like Tyron Matthew will come after you if you talk about <laughs> him negatively on Twitter. So I, I do think that a little bit of that gets through, but some of those guys like Matthew use it as fuel. Most of the other guys pretty much ignore it. I'm, I'm not going to blow anybody's cover, but I do think somebody that's probably not going to be on this football team next year was in Craig's DMs at one point. He, and he, had, some, he had some choice words. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was pretty emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. Dahmer... Tomer6969 asks, seeing Dantzler's horrific combine, what corners are you boys most excited for realistically as a late round pick? Or should we be thinking about trading up for Patty Queen, then address cornerback later or with Chris Harris Jr.? I think the question's asking which corner we would like the most at the end of round one, given the other option is trading up for Patrick Queen. So at the end of round one, I think I'm still most excited for Christian Fulton. If the NFL just wants to continue to think that he's not athletic enough or whatever that may be more realistically, I think Jeff Gladney's still in that range, especially with the injury scares now at the end of round one. If you're looking for later in the draft, like Kent said, we had the Carius keys he talked about earlier. Michael Ojemudia out of Iowa is another guy to consider. I don't love the free agent class. We're going to talk more about free agents here in a second, but I don't love the free agency cornerback class for the Chiefs just because I think it's guys that are going to be really expensive. And then the guys that won't be super expensive, I just simply don't think are worth taking a shot on. So they really need to hit somebody in the draft pretty early on, I think. All right. So we're going to go ahead and transition to the boardroom now. And if you don't remember what we did last year, we went position by position. We we made decisions on everybody on the roster that needs to have a decision made on them, bringing them back, cutting them, uh, and then free agency as well. So this is kind of our pre-draft free agency and, and, and decision making for the entire roster. Um, basically, I'm, I'm not going to like lay everything out as far as the numbers because that's going to be boring. But basically, all the decisions we wound up making today... The Chiefs wound up with about four and a half million dollars in cap in their emergency fund, uh, which the teams teams typically try to have a little bit of extra cash on hand to do any moves during the season. Um, and that that cap hit includes um, already having the the draft pool removed from the cap space. So um, roughly four and a half million dollars. And, and one of the things, the other things, one of the other caveats before we get into this, we try to be a little bit on the high end on some of these numbers because I don't want it to make it look like we're some cap genius or that you know we're, we're trying to set more realistic expectations because we get a lot of questions and a lot of stuff about, you know, we see stuff about free agency all the time and it's like, well, that's just not a realistic cap number. That's a little bit, you know, let, let's try to be a little bit more realistic. And a little bit more honest about it um, because, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Uh, let's start with the quarterback position on the roster. Patrick Mahomes and Kyle Shermer. Craig, who's the backup next year? It's Matt Moore. They're going to sign Matt Moore. They like having that vet in there. Matt Moore is going to be cheap. Yep. Good point. Uh, okay. Let's go. Okay. So we're, we're going to talk about extending Patrick Mahomes here. Uh, I think... Our plan for this whole this this offseason would be to try to extend Patrick Mahomes. Talking to this this one's one of the more complicated pieces of this whole puzzle. Um, they the first year cap hit on an extension probably isn't going to be uh, massive. Uh, it could be anywhere between uh, eight and fourteen million dollars on this one because of some of the. Like I, we were talking to we were talking to Chief Bearcat at Chief Bearcat on Twitter, trying to get an idea of maybe some of the things that they could do. Um, his guess was that they would use a restructuring similar to Carson Wentz, 
which would maybe leave maybe leave it at about a ten million dollar year one cap hit on the extension. So we're gonna call it a ten year. We're gonna talk, call it a ten million cap hit on the extension, but we are getting that done. Let's move on to running backs: Damian Williams, Darren Williams, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson, Mike Weber, Elijah McGuire, and John Lovett are already on the roster. Maddie, are we keeping Lashawn McCoy? No, unfortunately, for as good as McCoy was to start the year for the Chiefs, something soured. It seems behind the scenes, or he just couldn't hold on to the football well enough. But he seems as good as gone at this point in time. Which right, is the shocking, oh. shocking thing. That was big news. Like that was an yeah. actual tweet that national media had to send out saying LaShawn McCoy was not returning to the Chiefs. Hmm. Uh Anthony Sherman. Uh he's not under contract this year. And we are saying goodbye to Anthony Sherman. Best of luck to you. Uh John Love it Lovett. Season. John Lovett is your time. Craig, are we trying to bring Spencer Ware back? Nope. Got his ring. Have fun. Wear that ring proud. All right. Uh, free agent priorities at running back, there is none. I think they have enough in the building right now, and I don't think they need to be trying to add anybody of, of, of substance to the running back room. Now, maybe they continue to add guys like Mike Weber, guys that are going to be on that low end, that league minimum kind of figure, but that's that's about the expen- extent of what we're going to be doing at running back. Draft priority, Maddie. What are you thinking about the draft? I'm a big fan of day three running backs. Wait till the end of the draft. Find someone that's been falling a little bit. If you get an elite talent that's falling 50, 75 picks away from where you have them, sure, pull the trigger at the end of round three. But if not, wait till day three. Yeah, and there's there should be some decent options there. Let's talk about wide receiver. Uh, right now on the roster, Tyree Kills, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, Garrick Dieter, Byron Pringle, Jody Fortson, Felton Davis, all on the roster for this year. Um, we got a decision to make about Sammy Watkins, though. Craig, what are we doing with Sammy Watkins? I'm going to work out another deal for Sammy Watkins. Well, I can keep him for another year, maybe two. Like The one that we talked about was maybe another year. Add just a little bit of money. Bring him to about a $10 million cap hit this year and a $16 million cap hit next year. Something a lot more manageable for the Chiefs this year and next year. Allows you to keep some continuity with everything going on, with the league schedule being moved around a lot. You're going to see maybe some of the moves that we've got here are more looking for continuity, trying to keep guys together because we're not sure what this offseason is going to bring, what sort of things are going to happen. So trying to keep a lot of this team together and knowing the playbook and everything like that might be a more paramount decision than it was before. I don't know if our decisions have changed that drastically because of what have ha- what has happened, but I do think some of these moves, like I think a lot of our opinions was trying to keep some of these guys together too. So it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Demarcus Robinson though, we're not keeping Demarcus Robinson. We are saying goodbye and wishing him the best of luck. There's some buzz out there that the market for Demarcus Robinson is pretty good. And if that's the case, Demarcus Robinson, boys, is going to count significantly on the compensatory formula. <laughs> All right. Marcus Kemp is an exclusive rights free agent. Basically means he's a league minimum player for, for his age. Maddie, what are we doing? I think you bring it back. And this goes back to a lot of what Craig was saying is you might not have, you just don't know yet, but you don't know how much time you're going to have. Kemp's been in the system. He knows what's going on. He's an excellent special teams player. And he flashed some upside every now and then. Just the way this wide receiver group's looking until you get to the draft, he's worth keeping around. See if he can earn a spot at the league minimum there. He's easy to get rid of once camp starts if you need to. 
Right, and there's no, there's nothing, there, there's no strings attached to to signing an, an exclusive rights free agent like that. Free agency, because we're moving around some money for Sammy Watkins, uh, we're not going to do anything else in this in this exercise. We're <laughs> we're keeping business as usual. All right, Craig, draft priority for wide receiver. What you think? I'm thinking into day two. I, I think that's about the right spot. I, there might be some situations where a guy falls where the talent's just too good to pass up. But I think maybe a round three target is about the right move. If you're keeping Sammy Watkins, take a project, try and develop him to replace Sammy Watkins in a year or two. So that way you've got a little more flexibility going forward. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about the tight end position now. Travis Kelsey, Nick Kaiser, and Eliza Mack are under control. They're on the 90-man roster. There's still some small decisions to be made. Dion Yelder as an exclusive rights free agent, Maddie. What you think? I'd really like to say yes to bring him back, but I like just as much what I saw from Kaiser. I liked Ellie's Mack in college. So I just don't know if Yelder's worth bringing back. When he couldn't earn playing time over Blake Bell consistently, that's a red flag to me that they either don't like something enough about him. Because Blake Bell's not hard to be better than, so I think you just have to let him go at this point in time. All right, David Wells, another exclusive rights free agent decision. I'm going to just say move on and just say goodbye. See if you can keep trying to churn those those tight ends out and see if you can you know find some decent value there. But those are two 90-man roster spots. Just give them another chance to stick elsewhere. Craig, free agent priorities at tight end. We ain't signing anybody. If you want somebody to block, use John Lovett as an H-back and prosper with that dynamic nature in the backfield. Prosper. The Chiefs don't really use 12 personnel all that much. Don't don't worry about the other tight end spot. Okay, draft priority at tight end. I don't think there's much of any priority right now, and I know that's going to disappoint some people because some people are really intent on finding a tight end too. Um, I don't think that there's really any need right now with all the other issues that they have to address right now um, to to go and grab a tight end uh, of significance. So, um, you know, maybe maybe they look in the undrafted free agent market to keep adding competition, but that's about it. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. And they have a lot of players under contract right now. Eric Fisher, Austin Ryder, Andrew Wiley, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Mitchell Schwartz, Martinez Rankin, Greg Sinat, Nick Allegretti, Ryan Hunter, Jackson Barton. That is a lot. They have insulated themselves for a lot of depth and competition along their offensive line. But we got some decisions to make. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Craig, what is the decision on him? Are we keeping him or are we moving on? I, I I am cutting him so fast your head will spin. He's Whoa. not he's not worth the money he's making right now. I love you LDT. You're gonna be an awesome pediatrician someday, but I, you cannot be the right guard on my team anymore. All right, Steven Wisniewski was uh, starting in the Super Bowl. Maddie, uh, are we trying to bring him back? I don't think so. I think I, I like what Andrew Wiley and Martinez Rankin have shown. They're a lot younger players. You also have Nick Allegretti sitting there. That's a lot of young interior guys. I think you have to see what they can do. Steven Wisniewski was good for the Chiefs. He helped the Chiefs out. But I just don't think he's a guy you need to pay extra money to to come back in and just kind of be that extra piece. All right. Uh, Andrew Wiley is an exclusive rights free agent. We are 100% bringing back the Mack Lee Hill Award a winner. I know he was inactive for the Super Bowl, and I know he kind of you know faded away in the back end of the season. But at the same time, you've, you've seen him have success in this league. 
and I I still have hope for him. And he knows the uh, he knows the offense. He has some versatility. It makes way too much sense to continue to bring him back. He's at least a depth offensive lineman for this team. I think moving forward. All right, Craig. Any free agency priorities there for us? This is one of the spots where you could spend a little bit money if you wanted to, but frankly, I don't love what's out there for the price. So no, I I think that the Chiefs are going to stay put. They just don't have a whole lot of money to work with. So this is a spot where you'd have to pay big if you want quality. They they just can't. One of you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, let I'll never mind. I'm not going to go there. Draft priority, Maddie, and along the offensive line. What are you thinking? So I think this is actually one of the positions and anyone that knows me is going to know this is kind of struggle for me, but I think interior offensive line is going to be one of their first couple picks in the draft. I think you could see it as early as the first round if that's the way the board falls. I do think they need help on the interior. They Their run game and even their pass protection calls have not been the same without Mitch Morse. And I don't think it's because Mitch Morse is irreplaceable. I just think this offense needs a linchpin there in the middle of the field. I think a center should be something they should heavily look into. And we talked about this a little bit. We'll keep Austin Ryder on the roster right now. We didn't mention anything about him. But we are definitely considering, you know, how he's performing as camp goes on. If he gets beat out by an earlier draft pick, we have no problems moving on from him and saving a little extra cash if that's the case. Yeah, that's a way to insulate it a little bit more. Um, And we are, yeah, we're just kind of taking a wait-and-see approach on Austin Ryder. We're going to take a break, and we will be back to talk about the defense and Chris Jones right after this. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. All right, we are continuing our boardroom exercise. We are now going to move on to the defensive side of the football and lay out all of our decisions uh, here. So we're going to start with the defensive line. Currently under contract, Derek Noddy, Colin Saunders, Alex Okafor, Tano Passanio, Damone Harris, Breland Speaks, what a name, Devaro Lawrence, Tim Ward, and an Anthony Lanier. You probably didn't even know that they signed him, but they, they have over the course of the last couple months. And we have to start with the Chris Jones decision, guys. This is a big one. Um, it's obviously a, you know, it's it's something that's been looming over this football team for ever since they won the Super Bowl. It's a very contentious topic. We tried to lay out a bunch of to- uh, a bunch of our opinions about Chris Jones' situation last week. Please listen to that if you if you wouldn't wouldn't mind. It might help kind of provide some clarity. But what are we doing with Chris Jones? I I think at this point you got to move on. I just don't know that. The Chiefs see the value in paying him a big contract. They can certainly structure a bunch of things to make this happen. I'm not trying to say that they can't afford him. They're just choosing not to pay him what his very clear market value is and what he deserves, frankly, and what he will get paid somewhere else. I think they're going to trade him. I'm hoping for a first-round draft pick. I'm hoping for multiple picks. I'm hoping for a way to really restock this roster with a lot of talent because, frankly, if you move on from Chris Jones, you free up that money, you can sign a couple extra free agents and add a couple extra draft picks. You can try and make up for what he brings to the defense with sheer volume. 
I think they're going to trade him as well. I do think that's something that they're probably looking into. We're getting to the point now to where to sign Chris Jones, especially with the cap not going up quite as much as they thought. You're either looking at having to cut significant amounts of players, not extend Patrick Mahomes right away, or just completely cripple your ability to keep that emergency fund, your ability to sign or play in free agency at all. I think he's a guy that's got to be heading out right now. The issue is going to be, like Craig said, what are you going to get in return for him? With this free agent defensive tackle class, Chris Jones is certainly the best of the bunch. He's definitely the best pass rusher, but it's a good group. That really can limit some team's ability or desire to trade high draft capital and then pay him. I know Daniel Jeremiah floated around near Khalil Mack trade compensation. I think they're going to be lucky to get Frank Clark compensation. I hope they can get it, but if they can't, he might be waiting until draft day to get dealt for something a little less than that. Yeah, I'd be floored if they got the Khalil Mack deal. And I love Daniel Jeremiah. And I think it speaks to his value as an interior pass rusher. I mean, I do, you know, it's he's very disruptive as a pass rusher. Um, but I do think it's time to move on. And it's not just about this year, it's about building a dynasty. Do you really like it? There's, there's conversations to be had. Do you really want to put all of your eggs? Uh, in the Chris Jones basket, because you're really you're really you know hamstringing yourself to make more moves. You still need some draft picks to hit, and you need more draft picks to hit by having more opportunities to make picks, especially in the top 100. You've got to continue to churn that you know the bottom of that roster with the draft. It's going to be very difficult to moving forward. Not necessarily this year. This year would be a lot easier to manage. 2021, 2022, if you really want to be, build a dynasty, I think your best bet is to move on from Chris Jones and try to spread you know, the value of, of, of the picks and the cap space over the next three years. Because you're talking about $100 million, $115 million, something crazy like that. All right. Emmanuel Ogba. What are we doing, Maddie? We around here love Emmanuel Ogba. We thought he was great for us. He is a guy that we want to bring back. The good news from the Chiefs' perspective, from our perspective sitting here, he did, and unfortunately for him, get hurt. He could not finish out the year, which is going to let his price be a little bit lower. We're signing him on a one-year, $4.5 million contract. Come prove that you're healthy again. Come get the Super Bowl you know, blow-up, glow-up that you're going to get if you can prove you're healthy. We want Emmanuel Agba back. We thought he was our second-best defensive end last year, so please bring him on down. It makes a lot of sense for them, for Ogba to sign here too, because he's a ton of you know he he found found success here in Kansas City. All right, Mike Pinnell, the defensive line hero that we all needed uh, along the interior, uh, really fun, really fun player. We're bringing him back. How about a two-year, ten million dollar deal uh, with the first the first year cap hit four million dollars? Um, you know the Chiefs typically have low lower year one cap hits. It might even be a little bit higher or a little bit lower than that, but we try. We're trying to play on the high end, play on the conservative end, so it's a little bit more realistic. Terrell Suggs had a great little stretch for the Chiefs. What are we doing with them, Maddie? We are giving him a big old hug, telling him thank you, and wishing him good luck as he heads out, hopefully into retirement and not to haunt the Chiefs next year in the playoffs. Yeah. Please go to the NFC. Um and even then, he still could because the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again. Whatever. But, uh, Craig, let's talk about Breland Speaks real quick. Do you have any hope for him? I mean, hope is about all we have left for Breland Speaks. <laughs> it, it, it really is just hoping that he shows up at a healthy weight, 
hoping that he shows up determined and ready to play because frankly there's lots of questions about what he's going to do luckily the Chiefs don't need to make that decision right now they can wait all the way through camp like if they get to the end of preseason and they cut Breland Speaks I don't think anybody in Kansas City is going to think twice about it there'll be some comments about how terrible of a draft pick that was but Brett Veach won the Super Bowl last year so he's going to get a pass on that one if he moves on but He's got to show up. He's got to be at a healthy weight. He's got to be, you know, on the same page as everybody else, hopefully playing inside. So uh, we'll see. But I think he's going to get at least through training camp in the preseason to prove himself. All righty. Free agent plan, Maddie. I know some people are probably freaking out because Chris Jones isn't on our roster. Um, But what are we doing here? Listen, this defensive tackle free agency group is phenomenal, especially if you're looking for kind of run-stuffing nose tackles. There's plenty of them that can play all three downs. None of them are pass rushers on the Chris Jones level, but if you want to spend money as a team, you can get a fantastic run-stopping defensive tackle, which are the kind of guys the Chiefs like. What we did, though, we went ahead and brought back Mike Pinnell for the two years, $10 million contract. He already played well for us. We'll bring him back. Maybe even get him on a little bit cheaper because it is such a strong free agency class at the things he already does well. We're also bringing back Emmanuel Ogba, one year, four and a half million dollar contract. We want him back. We liked what we saw out of him. Those are their only two big signings on the defensive line, bringing back our own guys because it was working really well last year. All right, draft priority. And this is kind of a, a tricky question uh, for the defensive line. I think, you know, I think it all just depends on how the board falls. Like if Etor Gross Matos or AJ Epinesa is there at 32 or at the available at the pick that the Chiefs get for Chris Jones, adding a defensive end might make a little bit more sense. I feel like they have enough to play on those base downs with their big interior defensive linemen, but continue to load up on those those defensive ends that have some of that positional versatility that can kick inside on third down where Chris Jones was his most valuable. You're trying to, you know, you're not going to replace Chris Jones directly head on with one player. You've got to try to piece it all together. And an interior or an edge player that can kick inside and be productive on, you know, you know as a three tech in rush downs or in, in, in passing downs, that might be a route to help it, you know, look at that. So I think our plan is just to kind of see how the board goes. I think you've got to add a defensive end at some point. And if the value at the end of round one is, you know, one of those defensive ends, that's definitely something that needs to be part of the conversation 100% because there's very good football players available there. All right. Uh, linebacker, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Dorian O'Daniel, Ben Neiman, Darius Harris, Emmanuel Smith are all on the roster right now. Reggie Ragland's a free agent. Are we bringing him back, Maddie? This one hurts because Reggie Ragland is the best coverage linebacker the Chiefs have. Just unfortunately, he did play in the part-time role. He is stuck with two other linebackers that fit similar skill sets that are probably slightly better athletes. We got to get more speed on the field. We just don't have the extra cash to bring Ragland back given his skill set compared to everybody else's. Darren Lee is gone. Uh, there's not much else to say. He had a, a really poor showing here in Kansas City. Uh, all right, Damien, Damien Wilson, Craig. What are we doing with Damien Wilson? We're moving him to Sam, where he was originally brought into play, and we're not going to play him at will anymore, and he's going to be a better player as a part-time player and as a Sam linebacker. I'm anxious to see what he does there, so we're definitely keeping him. I know he saves a lot of money. I just think the team likes him too much, and he hasn't gotten an opportunity to really play the position that they wanted him to. Okay, uh, how about how about Dorian O'Daniel, Craig? 
Dorian O'Daniel is the guy we're going to wait out the draft on. Dorian O'Daniel can play special teams. If the Chiefs are able to get good value at a linebacker position along in the draft, I think Dorian O'Daniel may be a guy that just misses the team because he's realistically only here for special teams. If they can get somebody to kind of help replace some of his special teams ability and contribute on the field as a will linebacker, for instance, then Dorian O'Daniel is going to be gone. But you don't have to make that move again, like Breland speaks until preseason or, you know, after everything is already sorted out. All right, free agency plan is finally bringing someone new into the building. To this point, I don't think we've added anybody outside of the current, you know, the Chiefs roster from last year and whatnot, but now we are. Um, and we're bringing Christian Kirksey, uh, who is making his rounds right now, is yet to find a deal on a one year, $5 million deal. This is a move I think makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Really good instinct, good instincts, excellent football character. Um, definitely would be an upgrade. Would be able to play Will for this football team, and Anthony, when he's healthy, uh, and he has that experience with Anthony Hitchens. Makes a lot of sense to to look at this guy, um, and and we're doing it right now. We're signing him to a one year, five million dollar deal because there's enough of a market for him. That's probably what he's going to wind up doing. But the good thing about a contract like that with Christian Kirksey, because he hasn't been able to play as much these last few years, is that you can make the contract with some not likely to be earned incentives, which basically means um, that you have some flexibility on your cap uh, and you'll get some of that cap space back probably the next year. Um, I think that's how it works. Um, Okay. Uh, Draft priority, Maddie. What are we doing there? So with signing Christian Kirksey, you do buy yourself a little bit of time. You don't need a linebacker that's ready to play on day one anymore. Now, the issue is Christian Kirksey has barely played these last two years because of the injury history. You still need somebody that can come in, that can step in and play if he gets hurt or going forward because you likely aren't going to be able to keep him or re-sign him, keep Hitchens and Damian Wilson the following year. So draft priority still up there. It's still top 90 pick. If a Kenneth Murray, Zach Bond, Patrick Queen are there at 32, by all means, take them. But I just I don't think you get out of day two without taking a linebacker because you never know if Kirksey's going to be able to stay healthy given the way his career has gone lately. I think you can kind of see there's a lot of fluidity right now to our positions on you know how the draft is going to play out, especially early on because there is a lot of open-endedness to just kind of how the board falls. And that can kind of be seen as a blessing, as a curse. <laughs> but uh, hopefully there's going to be some good value for them. All right, cornerback. This is a short list of players on the roster right now. Charvarius Ward, Rashad Fenton, and Chris Lamonds. And I learned it was Lamonds at the draft, which I think Stanley Thomas Oliver t- told me because he knew him when, uh, when I was interviewing. It's, I thought it was Lamonds. It's Lamonds. Uh, Bashad Breland, Maddie. What's the plan with Bashad Breland? So Bashad Breland was one of the was the best cornerback for the Chiefs throughout the playoffs into the Super Bowl run. He arguably was their best cornerback all year, despite dealing with some off-field stuff with a child being born, trying to take care of them, and everything going on. So we love what we saw out of Bashad Breland. We are bringing him back. Thankfully, Bradley Roby has recently signed a three years, thirty-six million dollar contract, which gives us a little bit of a framework for Breland. We're bringing him back for three years, twenty-seven million dollars. This is actually a little bit more, I think, than he was going to get when he was going to sign with the Panthers a couple years ago before the injury set him back. First year's a $6 million cap hit. I mean, we need him back. You, you listen to that list of cornerbacks on the team. We need our cornerback one back. Here we brought him back with Bashad Breland. All right. Um, Kendall Fuller, 
we had to make a tough decision on it. And I think he might have priced himself out of the market for the Chiefs as a safety potentially. And we've talked a little bit about that over the course of uh, the season of the off season. I, I think you, I think you're saying goodbye to Kendall Fuller, wishing him the best. Uh, go get that money. Go count on the compensatory formula. Uh, Morris Claiborne, Craig, what's the plan? Who? Who? <laughs> oh, no, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's, that was very direct. Uh, free agency plans, Craig, what are we doing with the free agency? You know, I it is just Breland. There are a few corners on the market. I think they're going to be very pricey. I think in this cornerback class where the Chiefs are positioned, they can get a a guy or two to kind of help out and fill out the the sort of depth pieces of this. If you get Bashad Breland opposite Charvarius Ward, those are the same starting corners that you had last year. While it's not top end, if you spend some draft capital on that, those guys are good, solid veterans to have out there on the field while other guys are coming along, maybe taken over by the end of the year, maybe taken over next year, whatever the case may be. Rashad Breland gives you a little bit more flexibility in the draft by doing that. So we're just going to keep him, not try and go with the top tier guy. All right. And then Craig, draft priorities. What are we doing at corner? The very most top priority that they possibly can. Round one, if there's a guy there that's not a top-end linebacker, it has to be a cornerback. And then I'm coming back, and I'm trying to hit it again later in the draft. There. You know, obviously, it depends on how many picks they have, what sort of situation, everything like that. But I'm taking a guy early that I can expect to reasonably play in year one, and then I'm taking a guy a little bit later that I'm expecting to develop behind him, sort of flesh out this group. Maybe maybe Stantley Thomas Oliver comes along and gets to play with Chris Lamont's, you know, through you know, preseason, and then they move on from Lamont's. But you know, he knew Fenton too. I think. I think it was Fenton. He knew too. He knew both of them. Really? That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like Stanley Thomas Oliver. But he's a guy in like round five, round six, whatever that you can take and develop as a player and try and advance your group a little bit more and get some young guys, some young gambles out there that you can kind of play at corner. All right, last position, safety. Tyron Massey, Juan Thornhill, Daniel Sorensen, and Armani Watts are on the roster currently. Jordan Lucas is a free agent, Maddie. What about the Lucas locomotive? Choo-choo. If you hear that, that is the locomotive taking off to go be a special team star for another team <laughs> with a Super Bowl ring as it rides off into the distance. Jordan Lucas Love him on special teams. He just never fully got his foot in the ground as a starting defensive player. The way that Chiefs team is trending right now, they have enough special team stars. They don't need to bring him back and pay him more money to be that same guy that they already have. One of my favorite moments of the Super Bowl stuff was Jordan Lucas, the the cut of him crying. I saw that yesterday. I was like, it's my boy. With his, with his daughter? No, it was a different there. one. There was one. There's another one. He just got tears rolling uh, down his face. I think it uh, might have been even been before the game. Like it might have even been oh, the gotcha, national anthem. Gotcha. I'm not sure. Uh, all right, Daniel Sorensen. Are we keeping him, Craig? Uh, you have to keep Dan Sorensen with the current safety group here. With these four guys, I don't think that you can 
you're going to need a little bit of Juan Thornhill insurance. I know that they're saying that he's going to be ready by training camp, but don't rush him back if you don't have to. So Dan Sorensen's got to stay on this roster. I know he costs a lot of money. I know he had a bad Super Bowl there, but he made some big plays in the playoffs. I think he's worth keeping around for you know special teams for that third safety role. If a guy falls to them in the draft that they just can't pass up at safety, that might be the time that you can try and see if anybody else is interested in Dan Sorensen. But he's just worth more to you right now as a safety than he is anywhere else. All right. Our uh, a free agency plan. Uh, there is no plan at safety. The only thing you're going to be doing is like a lot of these positions that we're not really addressing. You're going to add league minimum players that aren't going to ca- count really on that um, that 51 uh, the top fifty-one for the for the cap. I mean, that's really what it is. Like a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, positions that we aren't addressing. They're still going to bring bodies in, but it's going to be a lot of swings and, and hopes and wishes and dreams that aren't going to materialize. All right, draft plan, Maddie. What you thinking? So this is where I think I differ from a lot of Chiefs fans. Like kind of Craig said there, I do think that cornerback should be very mo- up high priority along with linebacker, but. If a safety, if one of the elite safeties, if Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit fall down, these very versatile safeties fall to 32, I'm more than okay with pulling the trigger. I'm not trying to attack safety in the draft, but you can give me one of those guys. If you have to take a second, use your imagination here, but replace Sorensen or and Kendall Fuller with Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney, you now have Tyron Matthew near the line of scrimmage on one side. Juan Thornhill playing deep. You have Grant Delpit in the slot opposite of Tyron Matthew. You are not throwing the football anywhere in that triangle. Like somebody on the Chiefs team is coming away with that football. You have reduced the throwing windows to attacking only linebackers or only outside corners. And I get it. We need help there. But that triangle of playmaking safeties that can all play man coverage or zone coverage would make it impossible incredibly difficult to not only distinguish what the Chiefs are doing defensively. Steve Spagnuolo loves to be creative. He has guys dropping from all over the field. Imagine trying to find those guys pre-snap and then find them all again post-snap and stay on rhythm as a quarterback. Bring that to me. Now, you miss out on the elite guy. Wait till day three to get some safety talent in there. Get a guy that's, again, versatile, can play corner, can play safety, replace Kendall Fuller. But one of those elite guys, I would more be more than happy to take him at 32. I forget which one of us said it, and it might have even been Jake. Amoeba secondary. We've we've talked about yeah. amoeba fronts, but you have an amoeba secondary full of guys that can just play all over. Steve Spagnuolo did that a little bit last year with those slot drop, you know, to safety stuff that that he was doing there. You add in more guys like that, it gets crazy. It gets difficult for quarterbacks to read. Yeah, that was me. I'm going to start a hashtag for Amoeba Secondaries. There we go. Yeah, 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 I knew it was one of us. I just couldn't remember. We talked to each other a lot. And, you know, like we've talked about all these draft plans potentially and all these ideas and like there's really a good chance that there's decent value there at round one. Now, imagine, let's just say the Chiefs got picked 26 from the Dolphins. Let's just throw that in hypothetically. Think about that. You've got real good chance to hit on value twice in the back end. So you can address two of these big needs. And maybe you have a little bit more flexibility to go safety because the value is so good there. Maybe you do, you know, wind up with with, with good value with like a Grant Delpit or something. Um, that there's there's a lot of more possibilities and how this team can navigate the back end of the first round if they have another pick in that area. Um, and even if they have, you know, if they if they got up, you know, pick 40 and in a future a second in the future, that's massive, too, because that's still there's going to be good players available at 40. So there's a lot of ways that this team can navigate the board uh, if they have extra dra- draft capital for Chris Jones and you can move forward with that. 
um, and have a little bit more flexibility for the future too. Okay. Um, let's just kind of recap everything that we've done today. We are trading Chris Jones for picks. We're restructuring Sammy Watkins. We're cutting Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Um, also, forgot to mention this little piece here. Uh, we are assuming Dustin Colquitt retires slash if he's not, we're cutting him and we're saving a little bit of money because we're ruthless in heart. You know, we're, we're terrible. And he was not very good this year. And we, we didn't need him. We got him a ring. It's like, love it. Dustin, go home with your giant family and, and live your Make life. Make more buddy. of them. Like, whatever. Kickers <laughs> and punters should learn to tackle so they can play a real position, too. I just think it's, it's, it's I like how we're trying to just slip this in at the end. Oh, by the way, we're going to cut a Chiefs Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, it's auto, first ballot specialist. Hall of Famer, too. First yeah. ballot. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll continue on after that one. Uh, we're we're going to keep Ryder until the draft and then just kind of see where we're at because I could save a little bit more cap space too. We're extending Patrick Mahomes. We are re-signing Bashad Breeland, Mike Pinnell, Emmanuel Ogba, and uh, exclusive rights free agents Andrew Wiley. Uh, and then we're signing Christian Kirksey. Maddie, you want to recap the draft plan? Yeah, just because, you know, the draft guy of the group, we all really are that, but I'm just the most annoying about it. Just if you yeah, kind of don't want to go are. back and listen... The draft plan was essentially this. The high-priority positions were interior offensive line, cornerback, linebacker. I think we also threw in wide receiver as a potential day-two kind of target. But you see, that right there is four picks that we're looking at in the top 100. We only have three picks there right now, all at the end of the rounds. That kind of ties into the whole Chris Jones trade thing. But we gave ourselves in free agency the flexibility to not need any one of those positions and in the first round by signing Bashad Breeland, by signing Christian Kirksey, by keeping Sammy Watkins. But those are the positions that we want to address to improve immediately and for the future. So I think that's where you're looking if you're the Chiefs. And I think most of us fans know that now. Cornerback, linebacker, receiver, interior offensive line need the most help. And that's where it's got to go early unless it's in tie level safety. All right, that is going to do it for the boardroom episode, the free agency edition. We'll see how quickly these decisions age because like literally there's a chance if the league year continues as scheduled, some of these moves could already be irrelevant. So, uh, but we we thought we'd kind of keep it up to push it up to the end. So that is going to do it for the episode. Thanks for listening. We will be back later in the middle of the week and hopefully there's some Chiefs news. Catch you later. Stay safe, everybody. 